Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am, of course, Justin George, coming to you with Kyle Price. Kyle, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing? You know, not too bad. Uh, as far as being a Cleveland sports fan, awful, but in terms of just life in general around sports, not too bad. Uh, except for the horrible news, which I'm sure everybody here already knows. We're a few days late, so we're not breaking anything. Uh, the sudden death of Kobe Bryant. Kind of crazy. Literally, like, I can't think of any other words to describe it other than just, like, shocked. Like, I'm still not accepting it. I think two hours still after it was announced, I was still still looking for, like, the, no, never mind, this is a hoax. Yeah, that's what I was kind of waiting for. Like, other people were, I was, I was texting and everything, and they're like, well, you know, they haven't found a body. I'm not, you know, I'm not believing it till there's a body, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, there might not be a body. It sounds like a helicopter crash. Like, there's a good chance... It, things burned up yeah they said they identified him only by his fingerprints yesterday. yeah so it's as as, hor- as horrible as that is to say i mean that's no i mean that's, that's just what happened the accident yeah. was that's <clears throat> my only hope is that you know i don't know the details I've, we'll find out in 10 days i guess they're doing their investigation is that i hope that it when it hit or whatever it hit it was quick it was not pain you know just done you know I yeah absolutely I, my worst thing is to sit there and just imagine that people are burning up alive you know yeah Ugh. <clears throat> yeah, I you might, know, my joke about death and everything, but I just could never imagine. You know, my thing about that is like, I, I I'm a big comedy fan, so I'm sure. okay with joking about death, right? Because I think it also helps in a sense. Like, I think making a joke after a tragedy, you kind of look at it and you're like, ah, oh, like, oh, it kind of makes you like, it makes you smile a slight bit, right? If it's done properly, but that's the key. You have to be funny. I I, I found I, I listened to. I'm on a TikTok app. Have you ever got on it yet or not? No, actually. <clears throat> so, like, every other thing is, like, a Kobe Bryant tribute, which is cool. There's some really cool shit on there. Mm-hmm. Some guy made, like, a whole Kobe Bryant face out of just uh, the Rubik's Cubes, which is oh, really, really fucking amazing. But there's one guy who made a joke, and he's like, it starts off serious. He's like, I I, I honestly don't believe it. I never believe it. I, I just couldn't believe that Kobe passed. And he's like, and it's like a long pause. And he's like, because Kobe never passed when he played in the NBA. <laughs> I laughed. I thought as, it was funny. <laughs> as a diehard comedy fan, that's funny. However, there's a comedian, Tony Hincliffe, who's yeah. actually from Youngstown, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Who's actually like a big com- a comedian now in, in California. He tweeted that exact joke. Really? I'm literally sure, yeah. five minutes after it Was happened. Because he, <laughs> he time stamped it to show everybody how quickly he sent that joke. He said, Kobe passed with a question mark. And he goes, I don't believe it. Or something yeah, like that. I mean, I, I chuckled. I thought Which, it was no, funny. It's that, that, that's why I was going to actually like, use that example, too. And oh, I was going to okay. say, that's funny. Other people were like, I don't, I don't even remember any of them off the top of my head. But there were just some people that... Not only were they trying to be funny, but they weren't. Then there were people that were like trying to shit on him because of the rape allegations. And it's like, how are you going to throw that under under the bus? Like, he that's all been cleared up for a long time. Well, I showed you that tweet from that uh, Washington Post. Yes, yeah, she um, immediately got suspended for immediately. that. Immediately. And I don't know if it was because of the post, but I guess what was deleted, and I haven't seen screenshots, is that her back and forth uh, like interactions with people after she tweeted that mm. is what she got suspended for. And I don't know what that, those were, what they said, but... I mean, timing, like that was at 324 in the afternoon. Kobe, we just found out the news at noon. So you're saying yeah. three hours. The first thing you think to put out there is, oh, let's bring up this case it, from yeah, back people in People are almost trying to whatever. act like you should be, you shouldn't be upset that he's dead because he was accused of rape. And you know. And he wasn't even, I mean, he was accused of it, but yeah. it was never proven. Or, no, it was, it was settled out of court. The The charges were all dropped. He was never charged. Like, or, and she never testified against him. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think settling out of court Sometimes it's just the cheaper option. Kobe's lawyers could have said, listen, we can fight her. She has good lawyers and money, and it's going to cost you 
$2 million just about to fight this, or she's willing to settle for 500000 Kobe's going to go, all right, I'll just cut her the check and get this over with. And so that's I don't, she signed an NDA. I think. Yeah. So I don't think it's a an admission of guilt sure. to do a settlement, unless I mean, you're Michael Jackson. Let's, yeah. like Michael, <laughs> Michael Jackson fucked those kids. <laughs> Spread their butt cheeks. Yeah, he, he loved that, and he settled out of court. So he's guilty as fuck. Kobe, uh, on the other hand, yeah. the you know, I'm not here to bash the girl, and there's people that basically are mad at Kobe because of this girl's history. Sure. And that's what irritated me. I don't want to get into the whole thing about the rape yeah, case, yeah, but it doesn't, yeah. she when she showed up for the rape kit test, whatever, she had underwear on that had another man's semen. Yeah. Other somebody else's pubic hair on it. What <laughs> like, a party night that was. Yeah. So she was out there getting banged and like they were like, well, her her vagina seemed to have some injuries and there was bleeding and blah, blah, blah. And then the defense team for Kobe, they were like, well, that kind of adds up to somebody that may have been getting banged by multiple people in a short period of time. And then, you know, don't get me wrong. I could, do I think Kobe raped her? No, I really don't. I think she was just a girl that was like, I'm going to fuck celebrities and try and throw them under the bus. And Kobe was the richest one. And she was like, all right, boom, time to accuse him of rape. Sure. She was just another, a chick on the road when Kobe yeah. was out. So it's I hate to say it, but you know, all of her coworkers said she left the place fine. Like didn't act like anything happened. She just left work like a normal day. And you know, I'm not here to victim blame or anything like that. It's water under the bridge. He's dead. We'll never know what really happened. Anything yeah. like that, I guess. But to, to throw that at him after he died, especially that it, since his, was she 13, his daughter, Something yeah. like that, I think. Their His 13-year-old daughter yeah. was in there with yeah. him. There were multiple people on there, multiple children, and people right away are like, oh, fuck him. He was accused of rape. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's stupid. If you, if you stop and look at the timeline <laughs> of Kobe Bryant from the time he was 18 and came into the league to what he was now, there are way more good things that outweigh yeah. anything he did bad. And I think there's certain people that you're allowed to make fun of their alleged crimes when they're dead, and other people you shouldn't. Yeah. Kobe, don't think you should have made fun of that. Yeah. Michael Jackson... When OJ inevitably dies, yeah, make fun of it. Absolutely. Those guys were guilty. But but yeah, like back to Kobe though, it was traumatic. Truthfully, it really ruined my my Sunday and Monday, if I'm being honest, because I grew up NBA, basketball was my favorite sport. I'm a tall, lanky white dude. I played basketball growing up, of course. I played all sports, but basketball was my love because I was a foot taller than everybody, so I loved that sport. Um posters in my room. Back in the day, obviously, I'm a Jordan fan, um, and then Allen Iverson was my number two. Allen Iverson had a great rivalry with Kobe Bryant. Allen Iverson was the number one pick in the 96 draft. Kobe was like 13 or whatever. Same draft class. Both great scorers, great warriors, can lead a team on the court. Uh, Kobe, obviously, with the rings, AI never got one. But Allen Iverson was always my favorite basketball player in that time. And my brother liked Shaq, so he was a Lakers fan. So he and I would, you know, bicker back and forth, friendly, but, you know, I'd argue really, about I'd the I'd love players. to dig into the why your brother likes Shaq thing, but I guess we'll do that later. He always did for whatever reason, even <laughs> really? back when he was on the Magic. That was just his favorite player. Um, but, yeah, so so we would go back and forth. We had a we had a great rivalry between the Lakers and the Sixers in, in my house growing up alone. And the 2000, I think it was 2000, uh, finals, the Lakers-Sixers epic. I mean, the, the Sixers stood the no chance. The notorious step over of Ty, 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 Lue. Ty Lue in the corner there. He'd yeah. get the last laugh. He, he He's the first Cleveland coach I've since my that's true. birth. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's what it takes. you got to get embarrassed <laughs> on the court by Allen Iverson. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but the Lakers back then anyways, back then when Shaq and them were going at it, that was a hell of a team. Oh, those were incredible. Those were 
those were that was the beginning of the this dream team essentially because the Lakers drafted well they traded for Kobe they had a deal with Charlotte after the Hornets drafted Kobe and then they had the plan to to sign Shaq in the offseason he was a free agent so they had this plan going forward to try to build a quote unquote super team and lord did it work it did you um, know Robert Horry yeah. um like Derek Lou, Fisher Tyler I mean just such great teams and honest to God, I mean, they were led by Kobe and Shaq. Those teams were nothing without those two. That's where all the, the credit lies. And for me, I hated that. I hated seeing Kobe and Shaq win championships. Yeah. Even when Shaq left, I hated seeing Kobe win championships. I was a Kobe of because I liked other players, but, I mean, I respected the shit out of Kobe's game. He's probably the greatest scorer I've ever seen. Um, defensively, fantastic. Um, didn't pass for shit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't known for getting rebounds or anything like that but uh i mean like i said he he just he was cold-blooded he could lead a team to anything and i don't know it was it was just shocking to see that he was dead which is weird because you know he's in his 40s he's he's been retired for three years so you kind of think like well you know he's dead but he wasn't playing anymore so what's it really matter i guess is like one way to look at it if you're trying to talk yourself down a little bit but even then, it's just still like so soon. He didn't even get inducted into the Hall of Fame yet, which is crazy to think that Kobe Bryant never got to see himself going so they to the Hall to of wait, Fame. I think four years after they retired. Technically, it's three. Yeah, and then they vote, but they they came out and said that they're not even going to waste the voting process on Kobe. He's well, absolutely. obviously in. He should have been a first ballot. Right, anyways. he would have been anyway. It's just it's a shame he wasn't alive <clears throat> to like see it all, you know. And that was that was a big thing last night that got me choked up watching Shaq talk about that. Shaq had some very kind words. Uh, obviously, I, I he, and, he and Kobe were super close. I didn't realize they hadn't talked in so long. Like, yeah, that was when I heard that. Like, the, what, 2016, 2017 is the last time they spoke, and when they did that special, I think. Yeah, I think that's what he said. That's crazy to me. That yeah, that's I mean, the last time they spoke. But Shaq didn't blame it on bad blood or anything like that. Basically, Shaq just said, you know, I'm a busy guy. He's like, I work a ton. He's got a fan. And he said last night, he said his plan going forward is to work less, spend more time with family, and you know, just stay in touch with people yeah i mean if anything the lesson you take it i'm gonna get back to it, like how you said you hate kobe because i have a story too but i mean anything you take away from the fact is that you know you don't take life serious yeah i mean jesus man i mean take it for granted i'm not or people take others for granted yeah, i should say absolutely like, i mean who you have today might not be here tomorrow you know exactly yeah in the blink of an eye they were just going to practice yeah it's it's crazy um but you mentioned you hate kobe growing up because you know the rivalry i hated kobe growing up because i i grew up watching like Michael Jordan play basketball, you know? Yeah. And in my opinion, the best scorer of all time, you know, Michael was just, just dirty at everything he did. Meaning like everything he did, he was just good at like, mm. you know, the closed eyes, free throws, the, the shit talking that he backed up the dunking on Dikembe, you know, stuff like that. Like the games he played in this, the performances he put out, I was like, Oh, this guy's the best. And then here comes this snot nosed 18 year old kid who just basically mimicked his game after MJ. I mean, you think about 100%, it, hundred percent. Yeah. Every move Kobe did was just image of what mj did the yeah. fadeaways the shooting the shot even his shot yep his shot is very identical very to similar jordan. to michael jordan's you know and i was like what the fuck i hate this dude like yeah. fuck you dude you're not you're never yeah, gonna be you're not burying my hero yeah you know? you're never going to be michael jordan so stop but then getting lost in that you don't you don't have the chance to step back and like really watch him i mean i've caught myself the last couple of days is going back and watching you know kobe bryant highlights yeah you know of course i see a lot of michael jordan in him but I mean, Kobe was good at a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was what he did to not only just himself, even though he didn't pass. He coached in the court. Mm-hmm. He made sure people had to go where they had to go. I mean, his ability to score, his ability to get around people, and his shit talking is, is up there too. I mean, he 
he didn't give a shit. Like the, yeah, the, the if notorious you were foreign, he would shit talk you in yeah, another language the, if he had to. Right, French, because that's what he was. You know, yeah. yeah, but the the video of him, the ball fake in his face, where he didn't flinch at all. Yeah, with uh, that's, Matt Barnes. That's Kobe to a T, right yeah, there. Cold blooded, exactly. You no, know, so I mean, I, I it sucks he's not going to be around me because I feel like his second half of his life he was now giving back, coaching players. You know, mentoring a lot of players. Like, there's like Kyrie Irving. As much as we hate that fucking dude, um, I guess he reached out to Kobe all the time. Like, he, yeah, they were very close. And I just, he's fucked the rest of the year. I doubt if Kyrie plays another game this year. Yeah, he's already fragile minded, and, yeah. and you know, has his issues. Right. But I mean, that's what Kobe was. Like, Kobe was just a phone call away from everybody. You know, yeah. call me, I'll help you. I'll come to this. You know, he was out in Philly for LeBron. The literally the night, twelve hours before. How? I mean, how? Men, LeBron's mentally strong. But how much of a mind fuck is that? The fact that you just surpassed one of your best friends, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're not that close, but from my understanding, I don't think they were as close as they kind of let on. Right. There was a guy on the local radio here. I forgot his name. He's a reporter. And this was the day after the Kobe thing. And they asked him about that. And he, he said that he remembers he, he talked <clears throat> to LeBron one time and straight up asked him, how come Kobe hasn't put taken you under his wing like he has with other players? And LeBron's answer was just like, I don't know, ask him. So. <laughs> Kind of sounds like they weren't as close as they they kind of maybe maybe this was ten years ago. Sure, you know maybe since then things have changed because right. it did seem like they were pretty close. I watched uh, ESPN replayed Kobe's final game. Right, and the other the, night yeah, you texted yeah. me about you were watching it. Yeah, and in the pregame video that that they showed before the game at the Staples Center, LeBron was on the video and was like, "Oh, Kobe, congrats!" But I mean, they did ten, twenty different players did the same thing, but yeah. LeBron was part of it. So I don't know if that was because they were friends or one of those. Uh, excuse me because the LeBron nba just James. wanted him to be yeah. yeah the nba was like you're lebron you have to be in this video we were we were so, robbed of that tough. Le- that lebron kobe matchup remember the finals dwight howard yes oh fuck dude the magic glue they killed us they screwed us we were that that was such the exciting build-up i'm okay with it though because we were gonna lose oh we were gonna get our asses anyway, kicked so. but i mean it would have been cool to watch you know no because then everyone would just talk shit about kobe beating lebron in the finals and then yeah. that would make like the kobe lebron argument or the lebron michael argument you'd have to include kobe right and I'd rather not have to do it's that. It's unfortunate that none of these players played against each other in their prime. But I think that's what I was that was gonna be my next thing that I was getting at, and I think that's what makes Kobe such a such a monumental figure. I think you have to look at their eras. You had Michael Jordan in the nineties. I think Kobe was the king of the two thousands, and then LeBron's taken over, you know, two thousand ten to twenty. I, I kinda look at it that way, and I, that's why I kinda look at Kobe as like you saw him come into the league, he Immediately wasn't afraid of anybody, went after, you know, people. He he obviously mirrored his game off of Michael Jordan. Right. And then as Michael Jordan got older and closer to retire, Kobe took over. The Lakers started winning championships. Michael Jordan phased out. Kobe Bryant started winning, blah, blah, blah. Then LeBron James started to get great. Kobe phased out. So I kind of think that's like just that. That's Kobe Bryant was the 2000s era of basketball. He was right. the face of it. Agree. No, I mean, I don't agree. I don't disagree with that at all. Like, I remember there's a story yesterday that came out. Um, the interviews, because there's so many of them out there now, um, about his first game against Michael when he mm-hmm. came into the league. And the, and I think someone in the Lakers is like, oh, my God, don't look at him in the eyes. Like, talking about Michael Jordan. And Kobe's mm-hmm. like, why? Like, yeah. he needs to fear me as much as I fear him. Like, if he doesn't understand that, no one's going to. Right. And that and that just basically what he who he was. Um, but, yeah, I never had any love loss for Kobe. I mean, respect to the game, I just, I just hated the Lakers um, because of who they were. But, you know, I was always just a huge Chicago Bulls fan growing up because of jordan and, and pippen and all them back in the day and i just felt like you're trying to steal that spotlight you know but yeah that's just my age yeah i almost feel like they need to they need to go back or not go back but i think people instead of arguing over who's the best player of all time 
I think you should do it best player by decade almost. Like I just sure. said, like I just I didn't even think about this until we just started talking about it. Right. And that's kind of it just clicked. That's a good analogy. I mean, good that. thing. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan, a lot of people want to say he's the best player of all time. How about Michael Jordan was the best player of the nineties? Yep. Or you know, even eighties too, if you want to because that's how good he was. Give Larry him two Bird, years. Magic Johnson, eighties, yeah, I think. He's up there. And then Kobe, obviously two thousands LeBron was also equally great in years in the 2000s to 2010. So, like, you can, you can combine them and say, like, those two were the top two players in that era, right. that decade. And it's just that passing of the torch. Yeah, exactly. You just you, you saw a star fade and you saw a new one born. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, as a non-Kobe fan, in terms of just being a sports fan, like, I, Kobe wasn't my guy. But in terms of just being a basketball fan and understanding, like, the history of it, like, that was a huge player. He's a historic figure. He's arguably on the Mount Rushmore of and the NBA of all time. You know, he's going to be, he would be argued to be on it by many people. I think, I mean, easily him, LeBron, Michael are the, the head of it. And then obviously there's more people behind him, but I yeah. Mean, and that's where it's, you know, that's where it would get, I would think personally, and that's just, this is just me, Michael and, and LeBron one, two, and then three and four, you're going to, you could debate people till you're blue in the face of who's going to go on that Mount Rushmore. And I think Kobe would be said more than anybody else personally, even before he, his death. Sure. No, I mean, just Kobe's what he did with the game on a global scale just yep. in games in general, like everything he did for that game, you you have to respect the man. You might not like him, you might not like who he was or what he did or who he played for, but as a ambassador to basketball, you have to respect it. Yeah. I think some of the, I think the NBA should honor him by retiring a number of his um, league wide and I think as soon as LeBron retires, they should do the same with 23. I think that should be retired for Jordan and LeBron. Um, similar to 42, you know, Jackie Robinson. But they let Mariano Rivera keep wearing it because he was grandfathered in. I think they should kind of do the same with 23. Um, but I think they should retire one of Kobe's numbers. I think 24. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think they should do both. I think that's not to say selfish because it's obviously Kobe's not asking for it. He's, he's right. gone. But I just think two numbers is too much. I think give him one. I think, if yeah, if you want to go 24, either one. I just think one of his numbers should yeah. be retired. And I don't think he should be the new logo. I think that's a little... No, I mean... People, that, are, people are a little too overzealous on need, that. That's yeah. an emotional knee jerk right there. A, the logo's fine with Jerry West. Keep it the way it is. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, and B, I do think that the rape allegation is enough to not make him the logo. Right. In my opinion. You can't make him... You can't put him on every piece of your product... Because of that allegation, in my opinion, I just think that's like, hey, he was he was found not guilty. How about making OJ the logo of the NFL? You know, it's like I mean? white Bronco, like just yeah, driving through. That would be, actually be kind of nice. <laughs> I would, I'd probably buy more NFL gear if that was the case. If anything, I think Jordan has the case to be the logo if they ever yeah. change it. The only and thing I is, th- Jordan already took his own logo and made his own I know, brand. I know, I know, but might I'm be s- bigger than the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> but I'm saying, if anyone has a case to be a new logo, I think Jordan's notorious, like yeah. hand out, leg spread type. And deal that's why be. I just think keep it the way it is because yeah. what's the point you, if you change it to kobe everyone's going to say that's bullshit it should have been L- michael 10 years ago yeah and then if you change it to kobe in 20 years or whatever other people are going to say why isn't lebron james what would lebron's logo be i think it would be his dunk from like his rookie season the way he used to dunk where he would just cock his arm way far oh, back. all the way back like i this? think that would be his signature move yeah that's interesting yeah i'm trying to think of like the signature like that the the whatever the shadow image yeah. of what somebody player is you and know? that's why i think it's perfect with jerry west because like you, you can't use the Jumpman logo for the nba because it's jordan 
unless they bought it from Just him. Just pay which, the man. Which would be <laughs> He'd make ridiculous. a deal with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> the biggest deal in history. <laughs> and then because he's such a dick, he would just go out and make a new logo and try to beat his old one. Like, that's how crazy Michael Jordan is. So much money that guy has. Um, but back on the Kobe, I, was, I wanted to talk about some of his career highlights. I don't know if you wrote down any, but... Um, no, I didn't actually. The, the wide, well, I, I mean, I was going through and just like writing down some that stuck out. Like, I didn't go one through five, but obviously, number one, in, our, in my opinion, is the 81 point game, you mm-hmm. know, back in 2006. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember, Raptors. I remember watching that game, and I, was, I had just moved to Cleveland at the time. I was watching that game just in disbelief. Like, there was talk of him, you know, possibly surpassing, you know, Chamber, you know, how he was playing and stuff like that. It's like, it was insane to watch. I remember I was pissed because all I thought was. Why the fuck isn't he playing the fourth quarter? I want right. this guy to score a hundred. Right, he didn't right. play the fourth. That's quarter. what I'm saying. Like the, everyone up to the fourth quarter is like he's going to surpass. Yeah. you know, Will Chamberlain for hundred points. He should have. Um, and they and he didn't play. So I mean, that was my number one, number two, and I didn't realize this. I had to go back and look at the stats. Uh, 2005 against the Dallas Mavericks, Kobe had 62 points through quarters through third three quarters, and Dallas only had 61 points. Yeah, he he beat him by himself basically. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And then the other one was the, the notor- you know the the infamous uh, two tour Achilles or the Achilles tendon. Where he shot the free throws. He shot the free throws. I mean, you know how much pain he had to be in. That's because he thought. I actually I think he was probably in pain, but at the same time, I think you have so much adrenaline yeah. being in a professional sport that maybe you don't realize it. Because I've seen that not to where a guy will complete a pass or anything, but I've seen guys like I remember Sam Bradford vividly. He tore his ACL completely right on the field against the Browns. Right. He got up, was a little sluggish, and he just walked off the field and everything like right. normal, didn't have help. Right. And then the, the next day they announced out for the season, torn ACL, and you're like, he got up and walked off the field. Yeah. Like, I that's mean, nuts. I've torn mine three times. I can walk afterwards, yeah. but it fucking hurts. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But I think with that adrenaline of being in sure. a game, like, and I think yeah. with Kobe too, that was the same thing. I think he was... He was like, no, I'm fine. I, I'm shooting these free throws, and then yeah. I'm going back in the locker room. You guys can wrap me up, and I'm good to go. Yeah. Which also makes me think that he didn't. He obviously didn't think it was that severe because he thought he could stay in the game. It must have meant that he really didn't feel that it was that severe. Until he calmed he down he a second, the and then it finally yeah. hit him. And then they sat him down, and he was resting, and he was like, oh, shit, this actually really hurts. Right. So The uh, last moment I wanted to mention, too, is his last game, the 60-point. You know, his last game ever. Yeah, I just um, I watched the whole thing in its entirety. Did you, played it. did you know at the end, I'm sure you watched it, when he hit that 60 at the free throw, when Gordon Hayward stepped on the in the middle? Like, I, I guess, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm assuming the story is that he did that on purpose. See, that's the thing, Gordon Hayward today, or maybe it was Never yesterday. admits it? No, he came out and said that he didn't do that. Oh, interesting. He said that he literally just thought Kobe was shooting. He kind of, like, looked up stepped in and respect to him because he could have ran with that story. the other thing i think too is i think maybe he did do it on purpose but he doesn't want to take the credit okay. he doesn't want to take any light away from kobe and the utah jazz were i believe at that in that game battling for a playoff spot yeah. still yeah so i feel like he doesn't want to come out and say like yeah i didn't give a shit about us making the playoffs in the whole city right. of utah i wanted kobe to score i'm gonna 60. go with the story that i believe he did it on yeah, purpose I because think, that's really cool because the way mike Tarico explained it it does seem fitting it, it said it, like you see him step out kind of early uh, Kobe really wasn't hinting at shooting or anything. Like it wasn't like he was pump faking. You know, everyone I mean? knows his his yeah. shot. Yeah. You know when the ball's coming out of his off his hand, and it did look like Gordon Hayward looked at the look at the looked at the ref to but make it, sure he saw him. Yeah, but that's the thing. Did he look at him to make sure he saw him, or was he looking at him to make sure he didn't he see get him? Caught. He was like, yeah, oh shit. Yeah. 
No, so I, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to believe it happened on purpose because that's a really cool story. Yeah, Gordon Hayward should have just never commented on that because that was such a great thing going around. And now Gordon Hayward's basically saying Mike Tirico needs to not spread rumors. Yeah. And he didn't do it on purpose because he's like, Kobe wouldn't have wanted me to do that because he would want to earn his 60 points. He wouldn't want me to think that I gave it to him. Right. That's not his mentality, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know who to believe in this story. Yeah. I, like you, it does feel good to think that, right. but at the same time, eh, fuck Gordon Hayward. Yeah, fuck that dude. Kobe was hitting that shot with or without him. Yeah, I mean, up. I don't... If, I, if, it's not even a question. Kobe doesn't he, miss many free yeah, throws. Yeah, if he missed, and then that's how he got a 60, then it's a huge story. Right. But he already hit it anyway, so fuck Gordon yeah, Hayward. It doesn't he matter. shouldn't get any yeah. credit. Yeah, fuck that dude. I thought it was a cool story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it, though. Yeah, no, it, it would have <laughs> been really cool. Like, Mike Trico, the way he told it, was, it was beautiful, but... But at the end of the day, though, yeah, it's gonna—it sucks he's gone. So we have just hit 24 minutes, and I think that's a great time wow. to move on from Kobe Bryant. I got chills, uh, man. I got kind uh, of... That kind of worked out perfectly. <laughs> I'm sure we could talk about Kobe for the entire episode, but I just think the 24-minute mark, because all the other teams have done 24 <sighs> tributes and shit, second tributes and everything like that. Uh, we will move on. So rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Uh, you will be missed by the basketball world, fans worldwide, <clears throat> and just people all over the globe. And anybody that's ever even not watched basketball knows who you were. So rest in peace, Kobe, and to your beautiful daughter and the rest of the people on board. Mm-hmm. With that being said, let's talk about another tragedy that happened. The Browns hired Andrew Barry. <laughs> and he's... I, well, let me just start by saying your Twitter, <laughs> your Twitter this week. I'm losing my mind with this <laughs> fucking team. And you know what? If I could see a meltdown of a man, I'm just watching your Twitter, what your retweets, is, your comments. It's just hilarious. I am such a passionate fan. And I do this shit for fun. I watch their fucking... I, I watch... The, I, I do pre-draft. I've been scouting players coming out of college for 15 years. I go to the draft as a hobby. I don't get a red cent. I pay money to do what these guys have been doing in, for the Browns since 1999 and fucking up terribly. I do it for free, for fun. And I guarantee I could make a better fucking team than these guys. I'm not saying I should be a GM because I don't know anything about the caps and like contracts and shit like that. I'm not naive enough to say, oh, they should hire me as a GM. But I think I've I I know enough I could be a scout for a team. You're close enough in age, you could get hired as a GM. Yeah, I know. I'm 30, so <laughs> I'm too old to be a GM. I guess I'm 36. I could go somewhere else and be a fucking idiot and get hired by the Browns in a couple of years. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm just I'm such a passionate fan and I'm so sick of losing and I know how easy it is to turn a team around in the NFL. That's why I'm I it's it's like your worst nightmare. Imagine your family's fucking getting beaten and killed in front of you and you're handcuffed and you just there's literally nothing you can do to stop. That's how I feel watching with the Browns right now. They are getting raped and murdered in front of me by bad men and I have to just sit back and wait and I can't even stand up and defend them. So it's hard for me to, I agree with you to a point, but it's hard for me to really jump on the hate train yet until I kind of see what actually happens with it. Like, I, I I agree. My expectations are zero. But at the same time, this is the plan that today. wanted the entire time. He got his coach. He got his GM. He got the quote-unquote alignment, which is the buzzword this year, um, that he wanted, you know, in the past he had he'd gotten pushback. He didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get who he wanted. So let's let's ride this analytical train into the fucking ground and see what happens. Like I, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a fiery ball that just blows up in our face. But what if it's not? Like what if it turns out to be a San Francisco 49er thing? You know, where they play analytics pretty fucking close to the chest, and look how that turned out. I don't know. I'm just saying we have so many unknowns. And I brought this up to you earlier. I texted you. 
you know, was it was it Andrew Barry before, or was it Sashi Brown, or was it something else? I don't know. I guess I have so many unknowns. It's hard for me to lock into it. I'm leaning more on the fence. I mean, on the side of the fence you're on with. I believe it's going to be a shit show. But my toe's kind of on the line right now, saying, um, and maybe that's just the Brown fan or the Cleveland fan in me that's like, maybe it is next year. Yeah. Uh, probably not. But I'm curious to see what happens. I want nothing more than to be positive. I want nothing more than to have faith. Trust me. I can tell. There's nothing I want more in this world than for the Browns to be successful. I want to be able to just talk shit to every football fan in the world, say, suck my dick, my team's better than yours. I want what the Patriots have, basically. I want a 10-year run, 15-year run of just dynasty football where we're the best. Fuck everybody else. We're going to win multiple championships, and it's going to be awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'd settle for one. I'd be more than happy with just one. <laughs> but my I tell you what, the Browns build are basing their team on analytics. I have analytical data that I have that tells me they're a bunch of fucking idiots. And I trust me, I've done my research on this kind of shit. My issue, I, I I would love for your thought of maybe it's like the Niners to turn around. However, the Niners had Kyle Shanahan for three years before they turned it around. They had the same GM in place for three years. They didn't turn it around overnight. This Browns regime is taking over, and that's what I'm afraid of, is this is now setting up another rebuild because this team needs to take a few years to get it together. I want to win now. This team was built to win now. Last year, they should have won 10-plus games. They should have gone to the playoffs. Now, we're back at, well, maybe we could sneak into the playoffs this year, and then next year is when they can figure it out. That's another wasted fucking season. I'm just I'm I've become so impatient because I've waited since I started caring about the Browns in 1999 and I've seen nothing but shit basically that entire time. I am sick of going, well, give them some time to rebuild and give them some give them a chance. I'm over it. And on to Andrew Barry and the Sashi Brown debate. I think instead of trying to blame one or the other, you just blame them both. Sure. They're both fucking idiots. Sashi Brown came to Cleveland, fucked everything up, skipped town, took a year or two off, got hired by the Washington uh, uh, Wizards, where they're now at their lowest point of a fucking franchise. He's ruining them. Okay, However, so then in that point, so now there's a problem. And so maybe Sashi was the problem because Andrew Barry went where? Eagles, right? Yeah, where the Eagles went from a Super Bowl winning team to <laughs> mediocrity in one season with Andrew Barry in- on injuries, board. Injuries, man. Injuries. No, they had more injuries when they won the Super Bowl <laughs> and overcame them. And Andrew Barry, I'm a, I'm a lunatic, so I went back and looked at every fucking draft for any team he's been affiliated with, and I looked at his resume. He was like an assistant scout in, in, in Indianapolis for like three years. Then he moved up to like whatever scout, regular scout. Then he became head scout. So he was in charge of a lot of shit. You know who? how many Pro Bowlers they took in that span that he was with that team? I feel like you know the answer. 100% I do. Three. The first year, Pat McAfee, which is a fucking punter. So no wonder why shit. Pat McAfee's out there blow, and, blowing this dude's balls and right now. And Andrew Barry, that was his first year with the team as like a fucking assistant. So while he was getting the guy that was calling the shots a cup of coffee, he wasn't calling any fucking picks. Then you fast forward. The second Pro Bowler they took, Andrew Luck. Who the fuck besides Jimmy Haslam or Dan Schneider wouldn't have taken Andrew Luck with the number one overall pick? <laughs> I have that little faith in Jimmy Haslam. Uh, and then they got lucky in that draft also in like the third or fourth round. They took T.Y. Hilton, who turned out to be a stud. However, you know, that's another one. You can't blame Andrew Barry for all <clears throat> the bad picks because he wasn't the head scout the whole time. So I'm not blaming him for every one. I'm just saying guilty by association 
he has zero history of making good decisions. And like he wasn't even on a fucking franchise that made good decisions. Then he came to Cleveland after those three Pro Bowlers, and they shit the bed in their first draft. They traded back for two times. They missed out on Carson Wentz. They missed out on Joey Bosa. They missed out on Ezekiel Elliott. They took Corey Coleman. They took Deshaun Kaiser. They took Emmanuel Ogba. Um, they the next year then drafted Miles Garrett number one, who. I will admit, because I wanted a quarterback so fucking bad, I wanted Mitch Trubisky just because I'm so sick of not having a fucking quarterback. Sashi Brown wanted Mitch Trubisky as well. I heard they really had to talk him out of Trubisky and convince him to take Miles Garrett. There's a good chance we were going to pass on Miles Garrett. In hindsight, would have been a big mistake. But Sashi Brown, Sashi Brown thought about it. Again, Sashi Brown. And then, other than that, that whole draft sucked. They wasted draft picks trading back up to get David and Joku and Jabril Peppers. Two fucking stiffs. They've wasted so many draft picks. And then again, he was in Cleveland last year, but John Dorsey was here. Andrew Barry had no pull in that draft. So I'm not bl- I'm not giving him credit or blaming Andrew Barry for that matter for any pick in the 2019-18 draft. Um, 2019, Andrew Barry was working for the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles had a shit draft. None of their rookies amounted to anything. Miles Sanders was an okay running back. That was it. Their wide receiver, I forgot his name off the top of my head. He's got like the three names hyphenated bullshit. He was so bad, they were eventually going to put Josh McCown in at wide receiver over him because he was so fucking bad. So that goes to show you everywhere Andrew Barry goes has been a disaster of draft. All right, so counterpoint because I feel like I just want to argue with you today. I don't know why, it's just fun. You try, you're you're <laughs> gonna you stand no chance. I'll tell you that. In your opinion, however, every place you've named that Andrew Barry had a bad, he was never the one calling all of the shots. Correct. Right. You agree. Yeah. He's also extremely young. I'm just gonna go with the age thing here. So he hasn't had all this blah 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 experience to go with them. I think he's earned the right to at least get the chance to do it on his own, which he will here. It's it's his show to run. I mean, obviously, we know who's pulling the <laughs> That's strings. That's what you want to think. I guess. Yeah, he, yeah you're right. But Andrew Barry's, alignment, Justin, alignment. Andrew Barry has just as much power here as GM as he did as a head scout <laughs> elsewhere because Paul DePodesta is calling the shots. This is so analytically driven. They are going off of facts and figures, and this was this, these were the same people that, if you go back to the year we took Corey Coleman, no lie, like 70% of the draft picks that year were guys that won, like, shitty awards in college. I'm not kidding you. Every single guy they took had some dumbass award named after whatever player was at their position in college. It's almost like they were a guy that never watched college football and they looked at a piece of paper and went, oh, that guy won the fucking Bolitnikoff award. Take him. That's it. (laughs) Bolitnikoff award. Well, that was the wide receiver. Corey Coleman won it that year. They took him (laughs) first. And then they took... um, Fuck, who was it? I think it was Joe Schobert won like the Linebacker of the Year award in college. What's wrong Joe Schobert, man? Where do you want me to begin? I like Joe Schobert. Yeah, you too. When he's 10 <laughs> yards backfield making a tackle on a running back that got past him. That's he had better stats does. this year than some of the Pro Bowls that the Pro Bowlers that went this year for linebackers. Okay, well, a linebacker stats, linebackers shouldn't have as many tackles as Joe <laughs> Schobert's getting. That just goes to show you how shitty the defense is as a unit. Joe Schobert still misses a ton of tackles. Joe Schobert couldn't cover you or I. Joe Schobert couldn't run vertically, or I'm sorry, diagonally if his life depended on him. He is a side-to-side <laughs> linebacker, and that's it. He's fucking garbage. Before we get on a tangent because you're getting heated, I can tell. Let's, He's smart. Oh, we'll go with that, yeah. He is a very intelligent, but intelligence only gets you so far. Back to my point. Andrew Barry, in my opinion, and just opinion because we're both having opinions here, deserves the right to get a chance this year. Everywhere he's gone, he never made all the decisions. It wasn't his choice to make. He was just there as a supporting factor. This year, even though I get it that the Podesta is going to be the one pulling the strings, it really does come down to him having a lot of input to what this team's going to do. So I'm going to give him a chance, is what I'm saying. 
I think he's earned it, at least in whatever opinion. I really wanted, I really wanted a dude from Minnesota. I really did, but of course we know that got fucked up. Uh, but I'm gonna give him a chance. That's where my toes on the line right now. I'm gonna give him a chance to see what happens. That's another reason why I, I'm giving this regime zero shot because yeah. of what you just said with George Payton. George Payton pulled his name out, and the reports started flying, and the reports came out that he doesn't want anything to do with this regime because of the disaster from top to bottom. He doesn't like the way it's set up. He doesn't like the direction they're going. He Basically, he was scared away by Paul DePodesta and Jimmy Haslam wanting more control than they should. Right. That's why Andrew Barry, again, is just a puppet in all of this. I don't think he had any. He has, he's had zero success elsewhere. Why would he have success here having to listen to another guy that's had no success elsewhere? I guess, as they say, we will see. Yes, we will, and we've seen it already, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm still um, going to drink every Sunday, no matter what. Oh, I, still I will watch too. football Heavily, every Sunday. because you're going to have to. Um, but yeah. But my thing is, again, I'm going in with zero hope. I'm going in with zero expectations. I expect this to fail. I hate to say it. I expect Baker Mayfield to be out of Cleveland within the next few years. I expect multiple players to request trades. I think that will be a dysfunctional unit. Because you're going in now with the youngest GM in history, how is he supposed to tell these players that are two or three years younger than him how to act and how to behave and how to follow leadership? And Kevin Stefanski as well. What's Stefanski, 37? So he's, you know, 10 years older than some of the, vet, like a, a veteran player on the team. These guys are supposed to earn the respect of all of, of this locker room. But Stefanski already has the respect of a lot of players in the league. I think he's going to bring that with him into the into the uh, locker room. I think people to are, an extent. Freddie Kitchens was said he had oh, he had fuck respect. That, dude. He's but t- that's, he's coaching tight ends now. The next time you hear a player badmouth a coach or somebody will sure. be the first time. So I take all of that with a grain of salt. I can tell there's years of built up frustration with you. Me, it's just it's rinse and repeat I, with this. I get it. Shit. I get it. I, I just I'm curious to see what for the last three years we've been talking about every year it's been like the the people at the top were arguing about who to who to bring in. And the guy that we paid to be an analytical genius never got his way. Never. Like he never got who he wanted as a coach or sometimes never get who he wanted as a player. If you believe the stories. This year he got everything he wanted. So I, I really want to see here it is. Here, here's your time to shine. What's it going to be? How are we going to coach this team? What players are we going to put on it? Who are we going to get rid of? I'm really curious to see what the fuck this front office does now with Kareem Hunt. You know, I mean, not to spend too much time on Hunt. We know what happened, but yeah. I'm curious to see because they made a quick decision today. They got rid of Elliot Wolf and uh, High Hightower or Highsmith. He's gone. So I'm curious to see what decisions they make now because they're going to have to make some quick ones pretty pretty soon. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, I could say it a million times. I'm not excited about this. I have no faith in these young first-time people because we have a team, like I said, that's built to win now. So it's not built for a, all right, got to give them time to learn, got to give them time to mesh. We were ready for a win-now setting, and I think that's why Josh McDaniels would have been the perfect guy because Josh McDaniels had a group in place. Josh McDaniels was ready to come in, clean house, get all of his people in that are all on the same page and say, fucking let's go. This so far has been a disaster. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry... We took so long to get a GM, it was kind of embarrassing. We had multiple people draw, pull their names out of the contention, and I just don't think because they, they don't really know each other, you're forcing pieces to try to fit together, and that's recipe for disaster in the NFL. It's worked n- not often, mm-hmm. and I just don't think that this is a match. Those two at least knew each other. Now, again, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have no connection. They now just are working together in hand in hand and expected that everything's going to be great. Not much else I can. Me personally, I'm not really that worried about it. Um, he got pulled over. For those of you that don't know, had small amount of weed on him. Had a bag of a, a book bag with a bottle of vodka in it that was used, or like it had been opened before. 
but I don't believe he was drinking it or anything like that. Um, he was said he was going to his friend's house, and he didn't know that you can't take a bottle with you, even though you're just driving to someone's house. Um, he did tell the officer that if he was drug tested today, he would fail a drug test. I think he's got some severe depression going on because the the Browns sucked dick this year. He got cut from the Chiefs last year, who are now in the Super Bowl. So I think that's setting in that he his life's kind of in the shitter. His life is not going the way he wanted it to, and I think he was depressed, and that's why he's kind of acting out in a sense. And uh, I think the main thing the Browns are going to come out and say that they're going to work with him and get him help, just like they used to say with Josh Gordon, albeit. I don't think his is as extreme of a case as Josh Gordon. I mean, everyone's allowed to have a little fucking... And that's, that's what I think. Like A lot of people are freaking out about the whole thing, and I look at it as he said he would fail a drug test. He didn't fail a drug test, though. So, I mean, he could have said anything. There could be a video of him saying, I've never touched weed in my life, and then two weeks later he gets a drug test and he fails it. And then you go, oh, wait, I thought you just said in the video, because words don't matter. Right. So, until he fails a physical drug test, I don't care about the video and like the, 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 the quotes that everyone's trying to dissect. Um, but I think the Browns need to make a decision on this or make a statement, something, because right now they're being very quiet. And that could be because they took, you know, almost 30 days to even replace John Dorsey because their plan backfired tremendously. Well, they just got a new GM, so they have to, he's got to start making decisions now. He so did. He, he, signed, he made, a, signed a fullback. He, I'm okay with that move. I mean, I, I'm okay with them bringing someone in like that in. And that it, guy more than likely is going to get cut. Uh, who knows? I mean, from what I've read, his history of as being a player, he's an all around player. Yeah. But I, but I mean, if the if they're trying to go the direction of having a legit fullback in the backfield, I like that because we've been talking about that a while. It's a couple of years. Is like these teams that have fullbacks. Look how successful they are. Not only run blocking, but also pass blocking for that quarterback too. I like it. Maybe not this guy, but I like the idea of a fullback on this team. I do, but I don't. It kind of depends on how your offense is built. And right now, the Browns' offense is not built for a fullback. That's from the offenses that they used to run with Kitchens and whatever, you know. Um, right? No, I just meant I meant oh, personnel-wise. Pers- I got you. Because, yeah. I mean, you figure you have 11 guys on the field, Baker's one of them, and you have five offensive linemen, so boom, six people. You then have to fill those other five spots with, with players, and you have a running back. So now you're down to four. A tight end, now you're down to three. Do you want to just go two wide receivers, a tight end, and a running back, and a fullback? Or do you want a third wide receiver? And I think this team was kind of more so built for a three wide receiver set or a double tight end set. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the fullback, because I think the fullback's more so for run-heavy teams. And Chubb's a great running back, don't get me wrong. Was, you know, a a fucking pube away from winning the rushing title this year. He was so close. Um, But I also think that when you have Odell Beckham and you have Jarvis Landry and you have the number one pick, Baker Mayfield... You got to air that fucking ball out a little bit. So I, I I'm okay with a fullback being implemented, but if they're going to try to run I I formations all the time and constantly use a fullback, I'm not into that because that reminds me of what the Niners are doing. And don't get me wrong, I know the Niners are in the Super Bowl, but let me get get this straight: it's not because of their offense, and it's not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. What's it What's it for then? It's their fucking defense. It's <laughs> who fantastic. Coaches, who coaches their defense? Robert Sala. Uh. Maybe you heard of him. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw more dirt on yeah, that pile. So. He just he didn't want to take their shit, so that's why they didn't want to. Honest to God, I truly think the Browns were just like, they were watching the Vikings-Sniners game, and they just said, we're taking the loser. That's all they fucking cared about. And the second that game ended, they are like, call Stefanski. Coach. Um, real quick on the fullback, though, I think I like the idea of the fullback like you do. I think there's some really interesting sets you could run. 
as long as you like you said they're not doing it all the time I think you really change how your offensive looks bringing in a fullback for one or two plays and then you know flexing him out or even bringing in Kareem Hunt as a fullback like they did this year a couple times or Chubb as a fullback I mean there's so many options if done right but you yeah. need someone who has an offensive mind like we now do with Stefanski hopefully knock on wood yeah. that can actually do something with it and that's the, that's the other thing I know Stefanski's offense mainly ran that way it was fullback running back Kyle Rudolph Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. They were, you know, their top two wide receivers were the main offensive pass catchers and everything. So I do understand that. Um, Could work here in Cleveland, absolutely. I'm not knocking that at all. But I also just think that this guy, I mean, he was an unsigned fullback. I don't think you're getting anybody great. It's not Kyle Juszczyk or anything like that. Juszczyk, however you say his fucking name with all the letters. Who fucking cares? The whole alphabet in his goddamn last name. Um, But yeah, so... I'm very worried about the Browns in the future. Go figure. But like you said, only time will tell about what happens going forward. But again, I am so down on this fucking team as a unit, as a whole. I have zero faith in anything they do. And I more so look forward to shitting on them every Sunday than I do rooting for them, if that makes sense. It gives us more content. I mean, yeah. it's going to be very weird if we have to come on every every time we record and talk about how good they're doing. Yeah, that, that, we're no danger doing that. <laughs> it's It's kind of funny, like... I'm a diehard fan, but the way I'm shitting on them, it sounds like I'm not, but that's the exact opposite. I'm shitting on them because I am a fan, because I want to win so badly. I actually got into an argument with a friend on Twitter the other day because I was shitting on this, and I said, you know, after after Peyton pulled his name, I said, this is starting to be a concern. Like, no wonder Josh McDaniels said, fuck no. Like, this, they have a horrible thing in place. And he came at me. He's a diehard Brown. Everything they do is great, and he's saying... Oh, like you were in the meeting, you know what happened, blah blah blah. And he said, you know, if you're if you're just gonna shit on them so much, why don't you just pick another team to root for? It sounds like it'd be better for you, blah blah blah. It's like, well, no, because I'm a, such a fucking fan. I want them to win. Why would I stop rooting for them? That's, Are you not allowed to have an opinion? I guess I'm confused. It, that's exactly basically what it was. And he he acted as if my thoughts on Andrew Barry, where I went back and said he's had horrible history track record was, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know who was calling the shots. I'm like, no, I understand. But as a scout. You're telling people who they should take and why. You're presenting information. So let's just say that out of the, I don't know, 100 draft picks they they had in Indianapolis in his tenure, let's say he was responsible for 20 of them. His influence and his scouting on certain players, they said, okay, we're going with you here. You know, Andrew, you liked this player. You scouted him. You said he's right for us. Again, three pro bowlers in the last fucking, in the whole time he was there. Garbage players all around. So their entire scouting unit was shit. Andrew Luck, it's a miracle that guy took them to the playoffs and, and won as many games as he did the way they drafted around him. And again, I'm not just trying to knock Andrew Barry. I'm knocking the Colts as a whole. They had horrible drafts that Andrew Barry was just part of. And then in Cleveland, horrible drafts Andrew Barry was part of. Phillies one year, so far, a horrible draft that Andrew Barry was part of. That's how I'm kind of piecing this together. So for them to try to... My big thing is I'm all about proving. Right. I give this team, and this goes for every player, every <clears throat> coach, front office member, prove it. And Andrew Barry has a lot to prove. Kevin Stefanski has a lot to prove. And I just look at how how are you going to sell to the fans? Andrew Barry is the right guy. You didn't want him two years ago. You let him go, or one year ago, whatever the fucking timeline. Technically, it was two. When, when John Dorsey came in, he started calling the shots. Um, but how are you supposed to let convince us that he's the guy for the job when he's had zero success in his career? Right. What won him? What won him the job? Other than he was willing to bow down to D Podesta and do whatever they want because he's a 32 year old that goes, oh shit, they they're letting me be the GM. How the fuck could I turn this down? That's how I'm kind of taking this. Is why he took the job. Same with Stefanski. 
I'm 37. I'm not getting any younger. The Vikings have had really good seasons, so they're probably not in any danger of moving on head coach-wise. Now's my chance. Before Kirk Cousins comes back to reality or Diggs and Thielen fight again and want traded and our offense goes to shit before Dalvin Cook gets hurt again and nobody wants to offer me a head coaching job, I have to strike while the iron's hot. I, that's how I'm taking this right now because that's the position the Browns have put me in. You're, only, one, you're 100% a half glass full, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. A half, yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> empty. Definitely empty. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm truthfully looking at this as two young guys that are looking at their first opportunity and going, eh, might not get this again, so taking it. And I think it's also because they're willing to be puppets because I do think it's fully, fully planned out that Paul DePodesta is calling the shots in Cleveland. And I think we all know that. He hasn't even signed a contract extension yet. Yeah, I bet he has. He's just making himself the best deal possible. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy basically probably gave him a blank check and just said, give yourself whatever contract you want. And he just hasn't made it official yet because he's probably in charge of PR also. <laughs> and that's why they haven't commented on Kareem Hunt yet. He, he did help. He did help on uh, changing the pricing and the, the kind of food you get in the stadium too. And that was all him as well. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't go to one fucking game last year. So he can shove that up his dick hole. <laughs> Fuck T Podesta. Oh man, but yeah, so much, to, so much to prove. Let's just see what happens. I hate saying that, but yeah. So let's talk about teams that actually know what the fuck they're doing, and they're playing this Sunday in the Super Bowl. Uh, we we have not recorded since the uh, championship games, so I don't think. Maybe we did. No, I don't, know. I don't think we have. Either way, not many comments. I think have comments. Niners about against Chiefs is the receiving core for the San Francisco 49ers. I think fell asleep during that game. Yeah, they didn't even need to be out there. Honestly, <laughs> my God, I've never seen such a fucking run-heavy offense. But I mean, did. Kyle Shanahan said it best. They asked him, "Why'd you keep running?" And he goes, "Because it was working. Why the fuck wouldn't I?" And that's a genius answer because that's so straightforward. Other people are like. Well, you know, our game plan that week, the run game looked good. You know what? He was just straight. He said, it worked. It was working. Why would I stop? Yeah, if, if the first play you run is for 32 yards, the next one's for 20 yards at 14, 15, I think 12. you're on to something. I think you just keep going with that path. If they can't stop the run, I think you're in a pretty good spot, though. But that was an interesting game. Uh, the Chiefs game was was interesting as well. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs were going to fuck it up. Oh, I did, too. I'm like, I was no like, fucking way the me? Titans the are going to pull Reed this out. The curse strikes again, and then real quickly the, the Chiefs turned it around. Yeah, then Patrick Mahomes said, okay, I guess it's time to, to wake up a little bit. Yeah, and... That's the one thing that has me nervous for the Super Bowl. I am personally picking the Chiefs to win. I'll just go out and spoiler alert that right now. Um, but my only thing is if they get off to a slow start, I do think the Niners' defense is good enough to kind of, once you start letting them put their foot on your throat, there's a chance they're not going to let up. Oh, they're just going to sit on it all day. So, you know, if, you, if if they know Mahomes has to pass to win that game, if they're up by two scores in the fourth quarter, they're just going to pin their ears back and they're just going to brush the quarterback. And that defensive line is terrifying. Yep. So... You know, if the Chiefs find themselves down, I think that could just about do it because of the defense of the Niners. But at the same time, I think if the Niners or if the Chiefs come out and they strike pretty quickly and they kind of shock the Niners, I don't think the Niners offense is built to keep up with the Chiefs. So the Niners are going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to keep the Chiefs offense off the field where the defense down. They're simple. The same thing that got them there, run the ball. Yep. And I think the opposite, Chiefs are going to do what got them there. Pass-heavy offense against one of the best defensive lines and one of the best secondaries in the league. And I think it's going to be a... A true heavyweight fight, evenly matched as fuck. Because of those, you have a great offense against a great a gr- against a great defense, and you have a mediocre offense against a mediocre defense. I think that it's so evenly matched that this game is going to be a fucking great Super Bowl. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm picking the fi- the 49ers. Um, Ooh, all right. I I, I, <laughs> I don't want I don't want the Chiefs to win. I really don't. I don't know why. I just don't want Patrick Mahomes to win. You know, I that was my that was always my thing. I, I look at it as 
you know, when the Browns get good, Mahomes was going to be in our way. That was sure. going into the season because I thought Baker was going to take the next step and become, you next, know, a legit. Next year, next year. So now that I'm back to having no faith, fuck it. Let Patrick Mahomes win as many yeah. because you know who drafted him? John Dorsey, the guy that the Browns said, you're not good enough for us. His team that he built for the most part, his quarterback that he hand-selected, who just won an MVP last year, mind you, is in the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the Browns and Baker Mayfield are getting made fun of at UFC fights. They're getting called fat on Twitter. Things aren't going great for Cleveland and Baker fat, Mayfield. Fat, fat Baker, Baker is alive it. and well. Well, I won't say well. He's alive and struggling right he now. He looks skinny at UFC. That hat helped him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think he was wearing a girdle under his shirt <laughs> to make himself a really look, tight Under Armour shirt. He's trying to look thin. Um, but no, I'm picking the 49ers. I just, again, I just don't want the Chiefs to win, but I, I, I'm just, I, I love. I mean, I, I can't. I don't hate either team. I don't really love either team, but I, I'm just. I just want to pick the 49ers to win because the popular pick is the Chiefs because they're high-powered offense. See, um, I, I've actually heard a lot of people on like local radio. Really, a lot of people are picking the Niners. Like Chris really? Rose today, local Cleveland guy, he picked. Uh, he picked the 49ers, and his reasoning was because the slow starts the Chiefs get off to. He thinks they might have another one because of the Niners' defense. It's going to take them a couple times to yeah. figure it out, and he thinks the Niners are going to be able to capitalize with their run game. And they'll get a little bit of a lead, and kind of like what I was saying earlier, the Chiefs aren't going to be able to dig out of that. Yeah. But I just think that offense is too good. Yeah. Richard Sherman's a great corner. Richard Sherman ain't fast enough to keep up with Tyreek Hill on a streak. He can cover him if he's running great routes, which Tyreek Hill can. But if he's you're going fucking stride for stride, you ain't keeping up with him. Right. And then I just think Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, that's the one great thing that I love. Tight ends probably my favorite position in football. I, I played it growing up. I love that position. This is the best. I've two heard tight that ends rumor in, about you and tight ends. Very tight, uh, <laughs> and uh, the best best two tight ends in the league, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Yep. I'm very excited for that. My, no, yeah, absolutely. From my personal selfishness standpoint of watching the game, uh, but I think the thing with what you just said is, in order to get it to hill down the field in streaks, you need time to get that that play developed, and he's not going to get that time. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, yes and no. I mean, he's that fucking quick, though. He is, but he, I mean, that defense is that If you catch him in a good, quick though. slant and he catches that, then yeah. he's gone. I mean, I'm not saying Mahomes is going to throw it 60 yards downfield. I think he could hit Tyreek Hill on like a 20-yarder, and Tyreek Hill is going to do the rest because he's just so goddamn quick. Yeah. Um, but I just, since it's so evenly matched, uh, I know defense wins championships most of the time. However, I'm just going to go with the better quarterback, and I think last year's MVP, Patrick Mahomes, against Jimmy Garoppolo, give me Patrick Mahomes a 1,000 times out of 1,000. Um so I'm going with the Chiefs, and I think it'll be a relatively close one because I do think Chiefs are going to struggle to score. So I don't think it's going to be a barn burner, but I could see the Chiefs winning. Like, give me, give me 27 to 20, okay, for my final score. Because I do think that their their zone run is going to be hard to stop for the Chiefs. The Chiefs were able to maintain Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry's kind of just a I'm going to run at you, try to stop me. Whereas the Niners are very, very meticulous in how they, oh, they run their the, offense. The holes they open up, yeah, and how they do that, and yeah. how they how they scheme for it, yep. it's amazing. That's why I think they're gonna ha- they're gonna have no issue scoring as well. But I do think it's gonna be, you know, the Chiefs are gonna try to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them, and if they can take the legs out of the Niners, I think they have a good chance of winning this game. I'm going Niners, twenty four seventeen. All right, so two close, games close ones could be good. I, I agree, which I'm I agree okay with what's that. I said, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a close game. I would love it to be a close game. Decent scoring. I don't want a barn burner because that kind of gets boring after a while. After last year. And I don't want a fucking defensive game because that's just, that put me to sleep. That That was was the worst Super Bowl I ever saw. I drank so much last year because I had nothing else to do. Yeah, I don't even, I think I just counted my ceiling tiles. I was so bored watching that game. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the Super Bowl should be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, as you all should, if we're sports fans. Um, You want to go over some prop bets? Yeah. Did you, uh, did you write any down? I heard about a few of them, so let's go with... Uh, we'll just go with some easy ones. All right. Uh, 
Who do you think uh, comes out first for the halftime show? J-Lo or Shakira? Oh, J-Lo for sure. I think so too. Um, what color Gatorade do you think it's dumped on the winning coach? I'm going orange. I'm going to go yellow. And I'm going to go because I think the Chiefs are going to be wearing red. Because, or I don't know, maybe they won't be wearing red. I don't really know what colors the teams are going to be. I never thought about that. Well, I'm going to go with because their main color is red, they're going to dump yellow on Andy Reid to emphasize the red and yellow for the Kansas City Chiefs winning. So that's my theory on that. Interesting. Going yellow. Um, who, um, what's going to be in the, the coin toss, heads or tails? I'm going to go heads. Heads? I, I was good tails. Tails never fails is always the motto, but then when you pick it, it fails. So it obviously fucking fails. It's a, Some of the line. basic ones is, uh, who? okay, here's the commercial ones because those are always fun. I throw them. because I, I actually, I got so bored today at work, I made a prop bet <laughs> sheet because we do uh, every Super Bowl Sunday when we go watch it at my brother-in-law's house, we do prop bets. Uh, we do squares that day as well as prop bets, but I always, last year I didn't make like my own creative one, but this year I did. Uh, it's a tough one. I'm trying to think of who's a main... Um, partner with the nfl i really don't know i guess i'll go give me chevy chevy chevy's know, a good pick i don't know why i'm just going with chevy i don't you, know you ready for who the favorite is this year who's it hyundai oh really yeah okay yeah. i could see that I, that's why I, I off the top of my head i can't even think of like what car commercials i saw the most of during the season that's like the uh, betting favorite right now um i'll, first, I'll go with chevy all right first uh first food commercial who is going to own it and then this includes Real food, snacks, whatever. Who's going to have the first Drinks one? also? Or are we no, talking just like, food. Okay, just food. Just food? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me go with... I'm going to go McDonald's. McDonald's? I think McDonald's sneaks in. Really? I'm going Doritos. Doritos is always the easy pick. Yeah. Um, another one I saw in their first alcoholic commercial. Who is it? Uh, I'm going to... Th- I would guess Bud Light. Yeah. Bud Light always comes out with some new commercial every right. year trying to get something. So I'll go with Bud Light. Yeah, Anheuser-Busch was the betting favorite, obviously, Bud Light. Because I think it, we're at a time and we're at a day and age where everyone has short attention spans. Right. So you need to get your shit out there quick and you need to do something kind of memorable so everyone forgets about the other shit. Right. Because if, if, if Budweiser or Bud Light has a great commercial in the beginning and Coors Light or Miller Light have a decent commercial in like the third quarter, I'm going to remember the Bud Light commercial. And I think they know that marketing-wise, so I'll, I'll go with Bud Light. I liked last year's commercials that kind of played off each other. Like They all knew what their commercials were. Like I think last year's Bud Light commercial was the uh, obviously the Bud Light night like traveling across the country. But I yeah. think Coors Light had one, too, that kind of mimicked it. Yeah, and it made they all fun kind of made it. fun of each yeah, other, it was, which, it was, which great. was clever. Um, first non-alcoholic I mean, yeah, first non-alcoholic commercial. Uh, I'll go Pepsi. I think Pepsi. Pepsi's getting a, yeah, I'm going I think, Pepsi or Coke. I think it's the Pepsi halftime show, so I think Pepsi's going to be Probably flooded the first with commercials. The yeah. And then this unique one I heard was, um, is Betty White going to be in a Snickers commercial this year? Oh, fuck if I know. I have no idea. She, she's she... been in one the last two years. Oh, has she? Honestly, yeah. God, I don't even remember. You know those commercials where like, uh, you're acting up yeah, or whatever? Yeah, like, you need a Snickers. Like, you need a Snickers and you change. It's she, been she, Betty White? In the last two huh. years, she's been in it. So the question is, is, is she going to be in one this year? I mean, I guess the smart answer is with yes, because I haven't paid attention. But just that old bag's still alive and kicking. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going no. No, way to go against it. Their marketing plan. Well, if you plan to come over Sunday, that's a question on the prop bets. By the way, these questions are all on there. So there's 20 questions. Oh no, fuck Um, Betty White. (laughs) We uh, we do put money. I think we all put like two dollars in per uh, sheet, so you can go in money at the end of the night. Um, But it's fun. It just makes you watch the game in a different way. Obviously, I I love. I as think a, another, que- fan, I've another question I had in there was who scores first? What player scores first? Yeah, there's always ones like that. Like what player? Then, I would um, go. Who would your pick be? I'm going to go Mahomes to Kelsey. Touchdown. So Kelsey would score the touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the other question I put on there was, is there going to be someone who takes a direct snap other than the quarterback? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah. I think somebody's going to do one play like that. Right. There will be a wildcat probably by the Niners at one point maybe. Yeah. Um, 
I would I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I put I mean I the favorite I think is yes. I yeah. think the betting it's favorite, but usually every team does it about once a game. Even then, though a lot of times it amounts to nothing, but every team does it. Right. And then in the, in the notorious one you start out with how long is the uh the uh, national anthem gonna be over or under two minutes? Ooh, it's Demi Lovato. She's just coming off a Grammy performance where she needed to restart because she was so overwhelmed with emotion. Um, that leads me into my second question to this, but go ahead. I'm going to go under because I think she's going to kind of kind of be nervous because of this is the biggest stage she's probably ever performed on, the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, and I think she is a little shaken up because of her overdose and all the weird shit in her life. So I think she's going to try to just rip through it. So I'll go with under. Perfect. Leads into my next question. Will she omit any words from the national anthem? No, I think she'll be all right. Okay. All right. Those are actual legit oh, questions. Oh, no, I know for sure, because a lot of times people do <laughs> fuck it up. Trust me, if I know that. Uh, I love prop bets, though. So fun. So as we talked about Fat Baker at the UFC fight, that was a an interesting pay-per-view, to say the least. Conor McGregor comes out on top. Cowboy Cerrone looks like he didn't do he didn't want to be there. Uh, it. I'm still torn on how I feel about that fight. I don't know if that was credit to Conor McGregor and and how great he still is, or if that was Cowboys just so past his prime, he just said, fuck it, I'll take the paycheck, got his ass kicked really quick, and that was the end of it. So I really need to see Conor McGregor against a better opponent to really base how this is going to go, but that's his plan for the year, and since he took almost no shots at all on uh, two two Saturdays ago, I think he'll be in good shape to fight in the next few months. I think his plan is to sh- is to fight. What did you say it was? It was January, June, December. His plan, according to what was out, it was his plan was January, um, June or July. Yep. And then December. Okay. And so how it's laying out right now is that he obviously he didn't get touched in this one. Yeah. So I mean he could have fought the next day probably. Right. So he could have right his round two go fight someone Literally, else. Just, yeah. I think the next there. fight's gonna be he wants to fight either. Um, that one dude with the braids, I forget his name. I actually getting ready to look it up right now. The one that knocked out the other dude in like five seconds. Um, oh yeah, uh, um, Jorge, um, Jorge Mas- Mastava, I think his name is. I'm mispronouncing that. Um, yeah, he was the one that they interviewed outside the the cage. Before yeah, the f- I forgot his name. Too. Yeah, the one that he's like pain, pain, yeah, he just pain. Kept saying the word pain. Like uh, what do you expect tonight? I expect pain. pain. Yeah, I think it's a fucking Rocky Four montage yeah. going on. Um, it's either he thinks he's gonna fight him or he's gonna go down a weight class and fight. Um, Justin Gatley, which was a huge one too. Mm. I think Justin Gatley could probably give him a run for his money. Um, so either one of those, and then he's going to he wants to fight another rematch of go against Khabib, um, and he wants to end the year like that. I think if he's smart, he the next fight would be against the Pain guy because that keeps him in the same weight class and that sets him up perfectly with a fight against Khabib because the Pain guy is technically standing in his way in terms of um, you know in next in line for the for for the rematch or for the fight against Khabib. So. I think he should, but what do I know? It's Conor McGregor. He's yeah. he's a smart businessman. He's going to take whatever fight. Fits I, I said it before the fight, and I get I agree that Cowboy was just is past his prime. I mean, he looked like he, he didn't even care. Well, he, he well so when he got when go he got sleep. head when he got elbow shoulder, I mean, shoulder punch yeah. in the face that threw his entire game off. And then when Conor right. connected with that leg, which one of Conor's famous kicks, and even if he didn't connect with that shoulder, it's like I don't know. It maybe that it was foot, the that shoulder foot, that ruined him. But that foot Cowboy kick was, just really didn't look like he cared. Yeah, no, it's he got paid pretty well. Uh, but the thing is, too, is like I, I, I love how Connor addressed this entire thing. He didn't shit talk. He didn't run his mouth. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. He better. came in. He he respected Cowboy. He was very quiet. He let what he did in the ring talk. And even after he won, he might have gotten a little funny and whatever. But he still kept the business as casual. And, yeah. and, and that's that's perfect. And that's what kind of made me think. <clears throat> excuse me. Not to say that they set this up as like a fix, 
But I almost feel like Connor knew going into this that Cowboy wasn't going to put up that much of a fight. Wasn't going to be that tough of a challenge. Right. Didn't need to shit talk him because you didn't need to play mind games against the guy that you pretty much were guaranteed to beat. Now, depending on his next opponent, we could there's see, some actual we could see bad blood. McGregor. I think classic McGregor is going to come back right. out. He just won, so he's riding high. He's a he's a contender again, and I think this is where he's going to say, all right, fuck it, I'm back kind of thing. Right. I just hope he doesn't do what he did against Khabib the first time. I guess rumors were that obviously he's out partying all the time. Drinking yeah, he was not camp. taking it serious. Like, so I, if he did what he did in this camp, he didn't drink, he didn't do anything like that. He just stepped to like, you know, training all the damn time. Yeah. Do that all year and every fight you have this year, and I think you're going to see a really good outcome for Connor the rest of the year. I agree. Uh, all right, that's just about going to wrap it up. We're over an hour now, so oh, we real quick, let's do the All Star thing. Are oh, you going to do that now? Yeah, I just I, it was something that came up because we had the uh, All Star game for the Pro Bowl over the weekend. Yep, and then we had unbeknownst to pretty much everybody except probably Dave that the NHL had an all-star team game too. Yeah. Um, so it got me thinking, and this is probably a quick conversation. If you had to rank all professional sports, all-star games, presentation, weekend, whatever they do, um, what would be your top four, top three? Uh, MLB number one. Uh, even though they got rid of it being home field advantage for the World Series, which right. I loved, that was an all-star game that actually had some ramifications. That was exciting. That gave a reason for the players to try. Right. Kept fans into it. Then they took that away. Not going to lie, I only watched the all-star game this year because it was in Cleveland. If it right. wasn't in Cleveland, no chance I would have watched that game. Right. Don't give a fuck about a meaningless exhibition game. I don't watch any other all-star games. NBA all-star game could care less. Uh, Pro Bowl didn't even... I turned it on just to see Kobe Bryant stuff. And then when I realized they weren't showing any, I changed it. That's right. it. the only reason I turned it on. NHL I only knew about because a friend of mine took his son there and sent me pictures all weekend. Right. Other than that, no fucking idea what happened. Wow. So I would say number one would be MLB because of the home run derby. Uh, the celebrity softball game I think is kind of entertaining. And then because the game used to mean something, it hands down was the best. Um, number two would be NBA because their Saturday night is fun to watch. Yep. I still enjoy the three-point competition. I still enjoy the dunk contest to an extent. I enjoy it now to laugh at it because it's very bad. Um <laughs> NFL could care less. Didn't even know that their, their skills competition thing was yeah, happening yeah. until the next day, and I saw highlights. I had no idea what was or going on. Or low lights for certain yeah, players. No idea. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, the guy that I've always said is a shitty quarterback when it terms in terms of if you make him throw the ball, he lost to Jarvis Landry in terms of a, an accuracy competition. If, that wants to, if any Lamar Jackson honks want to come to me on anything there, <laughs> I'll gladly shut them down because he's a <laughs> shitty quarterback, and I'll stand by that statement till I'm dead. Um so NFL's dead last, yeah. tied with hockey in right. terms of don't care, no interest in anything. I also forgot that they moved the Pro Bowl to the day, and that's why when I turned on ESPN that day, I didn't know what the fuck was going to be on, and I'm like, <laughs> this is happening right now at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, they moved it up. Yeah, they moved it early, which I remember, is... I mean, I used to kind of watch it back in the day, but it was at least in, in prime time. But I, it makes sense they didn't because they would have been going against the Royal Rumble. Yep. Um, which I doubt the NFL cares about that because they're not getting a ton of ratings for it anyway. But Sunday night primetime TV is usually a big time for new shows and shit for families to watch, and it would not have been the Pro Bowl. Right. So agree. Uh, mine, I agree with you. Only I would flip flop football. I mean, I'm um, not football. I would flip uh, NBA and baseball. Okay. I have always liked the NBA All Star Weekend because of the dunk contest. Because of the skill competition, then I was like watching. Even though the the All Star games like 150 to 160, I just like watching the interaction of all these players like with each other. The stuff they try to pull off, yeah. The uh, off the backboard, bounce it, dunk it. The the big men trying to shoot threes, like back when yeah. Shaq came down and tried to try to go one on one against uh, whoever. It was it's really entertaining. Cool. I just 
I don't know. It's not enough to entice me. I'd rather. That's what all star games are. Just, I'd rather just spend my time elsewhere, and that's why, like, to me, I don't care because it is just for fun yeah. for them. So if I'm not in the building, right. I don't really care. That's why baseball was the best because baseball meant something. So I'm like, oh shit, I want to see what happens. There's strategy involved. You have to pick and choose when your pitchers are coming in. Remember that one game that they ran out of pitchers almost in like fucking I don't know ten years ago or whatever. That one game went to like 14 innings and it was fucking nuts. But uh. But yeah, so I, w- I would still keep baseball up there just because, you know, when I think of All-Star Games, my number one memory is Ken Griffey Jr. Home Run Derby in Cleveland, 1997. Oh, yeah? And that is hands down my favorite memory of any All-Star Game thing ever. And uh, and even just the All-Star Game being in Cleveland that year, I was so excited as a kid because I was a brand new Indians fan, so I loved it. Um, Griffey won that, didn't he? Yeah. So that, I would say that's why baseball's always got the number one spot in my heart. Just nostalgic. Agree. That's I mean, it's quite. I mean, like I said, it's, you can flip flop both first and, and second. And like but you I and just... I had a big bet going with the uh, the home run derby. Yeah. Like so. the home run derby is so fun to like just pick and choose with friends. I, yeah. I think the home run derby is just the most fun out of any of them. I think it's better than the three point competition. Right. Because at least the home run derby, you're getting some some household names. Three-point competition and dunk competition, stuff like that. Those have been so watered down over the last, like, ten years. Yeah, nobody's You'll in get, it like, anymore. You'll get, like, two or three names, and then the other people, you're kind of like, I don't even they know. They don't want to hurt themselves. Heard of this guy, they don't want to hurt themselves yeah, dunking. They don't want to embarrass themselves is what it is because there's yeah. nothing else to do. LeBron can't. LeBron dunks, but he's not a dunker. Like, yeah, like, LeBron can throw it down in a game, and it looks awesome. If LeBron did that with nobody on the court except for him, you're going to look at that and be like, what the fuck, is he warming yeah, up? He, he like, has to, yeah, nothing. he has to like be, be a little creative. Like Blake Griffin trying to jump over cars and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like That was kind of fun, though. You have to bring in props nowadays, and I think that just kind of takes the fun out of it. I enjoy the Home Run Derby. It's just, I think there are some rules that need to be changed for that, but in, I think at the end of the day, the Home Run Derby is the most classic all-star event that I love. Perfect. Um, I just want to talk about that. And one more thing at the end of the show, something that came up this week. I know you don't follow golf, um, but since we are talking about balls, I want to bring this up. There is a uh, in 2022. There is a league that they're going to be forming. It's called the uh, Premier Golf League. Okay. PGL. Um, it's going to consist of teams, kind of like a team sport. Um, and they're going to pay their players a lot of money mm-hmm. to basically tour around during a season, be on someone's team, and perform against each other. Um, the reason why this is a story and I, it's really interesting is because it's going to take away players from the PGA. I was going to say, so it's a separate league essentially. Yeah, it's okay. basically the XFL to the NFL, but pays a lot more money. So it's really, I'm really curious what's going to happen. And there's already players coming out and saying that they want to do it. Tiger Woods already mentioned he wants to do it. Uh, Phil Mickelson came out and said he wants to do it. Roy McIlroy, one of your big faces of the PGA, said he'd be interested. Ricky Fowler said he'd want to do it because of the money. Because you're in a team aspect. You're not killing yourself. It's not you against the rest of the field. It's you and your team against another team. So it's a very interesting concept. They're still working on details out. But I'm curious what happens. I love watching golf. I love playing golf. I'm just curious to see if this is going to be one of the things that Kind of knocks the PGA off a little bit here. Um, I don't know enough about golf to know what kind of condition the PGA is in. I don't yeah. know are they are they tanking or like ratings down? Are they losing sponsors? Money? I'll tell you right now, if Tiger Woods not is not in the weekend, not many people watch it. Okay. Um, my only concern is who's funding and backing this PGL because is it going to be like that? The American League, whatever. Yeah, the American yeah. Football Association or whatever the fuck they tried to do where they only got to get play like four games and they ran out of money. Because if th- these people are promising huge paydays for everybody and then they don't have the money to actually back it up, I mean, that's going to be a short-lived experiment. And... I guess so. I guess it's New York's Rain Group as their financial backer, which is a huge, huge kilometer of just basically a rich fucking yeah. That's going to back this thing. It's going to be um, 
per event of 48 golfers. But they're all in each separate teams uh, that is competing against each other in a tour across the country for 10 different tournaments. But so it's like a season, basically. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued because you have all these players who are the big PGA drawers are saying, I would love to do that. I The only thing, though, is I could see them being a part of the PGA, a lot of the money these guys get is through sponsorships and stuff like that also. Right. So I feel like it's going to be, if this new league can match or top what they're already making, sure, they'll do it. But if they can't, then why would they leave the PGA? You know what I mean? So I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Is it going to be an exclusive type thing? Like if you sign with the PGL, are you banished from the PGA kind of deal? Well, not PGA. You can play anything you want to as long as you have a player's card. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, yeah, if Tiger Woods says, yeah, I'll gladly join this thing that's going to pay me a ton of money because I can do both. Right. Then that would make total sense. Why wouldn't you make that extra money? It's a lot more golf to play, but it's a lot more money you can Because he could take the other one less serious and just say, fuck it, this is essentially a practice. It's really interesting. I just wanted to bring it up. I know we don't talk about golf. Once more comes out about it, I'll have a stronger opinion, but I've never even heard of it. Yeah, they just started dropping the hints probably about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about it and his caught wind when these players were being asked the question in interviews and these players are basically saying, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. I'd love to do something like that. It sounds fun. I like competing yeah. and being on a team. Kind of like the President's Cup. On the President's Cup, you're on a team. Yeah. You know, it's the United States versus basically the world and they have different competitions. But that way, you're not struggling. If you have a bad day, somebody can pick up your slack. Your teammate like, can pick like up your slack. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah it's, yeah. it's more of a team sport, but you are you go by yourself. But yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. interesting. But yeah, I wanted to drop it out there, but it's really curious. No, it's a good theory. Happens, I'm sure yeah. we have some golf fans on here that you know i don't know why but i'm sure they would love to hear (laughs) (laughs) love to hear about that so all right well that's gonna do it um go chiefs super bowl coming up browns have another week or so before we record again to fuck things up maybe hire an offensive coordinator because who knows if they're even going to do that at this point it's not looking good what what could go wrong with a rookie head coach calling his own plays never been done before so i don't think yeah. anything can go wrong. successfully it's never been done in cleveland i'll tell you I that hear much. the rumor though is if you do it you get to coach tight ends the next year so yeah so job security kevin Stefanski <laughs> should think about it <laughs> all right everybody we'll talk to you after the super bowl later see ya